Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Payoff.com is a paying sponsor of this Comic Book Club podcast. You've tried balance transfers and budgeting, but high interest rates and unrelenting bill cycles make it almost impossible to get out of credit card debt on your own. Instead of another new savings technique, you need a clear path out of debt, and that's what Payoff Loan can do. A payoff loan is a personal loan backed by member-centric credit unions designed to help you pay off your credit cards. With rates as low as 5.99% APR and loan amounts up to $35,000 with no hidden fees and personal customer service support from Payoff to help you reach your financial goals. Some of the benefits of a Payoff loan may also include potential credit score boost, one monthly payment, and savings from lower interest rates. Go to payoff.com slash comic book club to learn more. Checking loan rates won't affect your credit score. Try something new. Pay off your credit card debt with Payoff. NMLS ID number 1396805. Not all applicants may qualify. Loans only available within the United States. Loan is not available in all states. Payoff works with lending partners who originate the loans. Additional terms, conditions, and eligibility requirements may apply. More information is available at payoff.com slash comic book club. There it is. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Comic Book Club. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And this is, I would say, it's fair to say, a slightly different episode of Comic Book Club because of everything that's going on in the world now. It's a crazy time uh, uh, for all of us. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, so we talked about this a little bit. I wanted to talk about this up front. Uh, we uh, usually have a guest on the show. We're not going to have a guest on the show today. Uh, we were going to have a guest named Neil Clyde. He's going to delay until later in the month. Uh, we felt like with everything going on, with everything that's happening online and off in the real world, um, that it wouldn't be fair to pull a guest on the show and have them be like, hey, plug your stuff. That's cool. Yeah. Just have a fun time plugging your stuff. But... At the same time, we discussed it and we felt like this is a place, hopefully, for people to decompress for a little bit, right? To just, like, talk about comics, chill out for a second, and then get right back into it. Because, of course, the world is not going anywhere. We're going to go right back into it after the show. Um, <laughs> but as is, <laughs> for right now, we could just chat comics for a little bit. Does that sound good, guys? 
Yeah, I think it's a good idea. I mean, comics, um, for me growing up and for a lot of us, I think, are what we did to get away from uh, problems, issues that stress us out, that are dominating our thoughts. And so it felt like doing the show is an extension of that. Um, our our thoughts uh, are with everything that's happening, all the protests, um, and on top of coronavirus and everything else in our lives. So for our, our own uh, sort of self-soothing as well as everyone else's, we thought, let's let's do it. Yeah, absolutely. Pete, anything you want to add there? Yeah, I mean, it's a... It's, uh... It's a shit show. The world's on fire, but uh, you know, uh, I like we it's just bring... th- it. We're telling our each different version of the same thing, and it's very different. <laughs> it's very different words. Yeah, I mean, if we can bring a little fucking light uh, into a fucking dark time, we're gonna try. It's hard, uh, but uh, you know, I'm, we're three white guys, uh, but we're gonna try to do what we can, and uh, hopefully, it'll be fun, and uh, you know, hopefully. Uh, it'll, yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, Pete, I mean, oh, I was just going to say, go ahead, Justin. No, I was going to say, Pete, thank you for, um, for giving yourself a haircut, um, as a topic for us to, uh, have here on the show. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. This was, uh, me and Liwana tried to, the uh, back looks awful, but it's, uh, it's, you know, I tried to use beard, uh, clippers on my hair and, uh, no, they're not built for that. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> The hair thought, is the the beard of the head. Yeah, that's true. I thought if I could like cut it down a little bit, then I could get it with the beard. No, no, it uh, kind of gets think, stuck in your hair and it rips out. And it's, it's <laughs> oh it's, god, what a nightmare! Yeah. It feels like you have a tiny Conan haircut. Wait, I kind of want you to turn around to see if like she put a put a her initials in the back there. <laughs> yeah, what's the message in the back? No, yeah. it's uh, this part though. She kept being like. She kept trying to go higher to correct it, you know, mm-hmm. to, <laughs> to even it out. And, then, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah. So the only message there is no parties because you don't got a bullet. Yeah. 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 No <laughs> parties. Uh, no parties in the back. Also, no parties in the front. <laughs> no parties. No parties all at all. <laughs> no parties at all. Uh, I will mention we'll still take questions from you all, obviously, yes. listening to the podcast. We love to take questions from you, but it's going to be tough because you're not listening live. Uh, But if you're over on YouTube, we're monitoring the comments over there. If you're over here on Crowdcast, uh, just drop it and ask a question, and we'll get to those later in the show. Um, Stack-wise, again, we're going to keep this a little loose tonight. We're going to keep it a little fresh. Uh, we Alex, we're talking kid, about Alex's we kids are going to cut his hair live on the show. Um, which oh, is something man. Man. I don't know if we actually no, no, cleared no. that with you, Alex, but we got um, <laughs> we talked to both of your children and they're waiting just outside your room with beard clippers. Oh, you can't see my door on the camera. That just bumped no. against me. That was all. It is funny how uh, you're close to your door in your sock drawer, as established in Comic Book Club mm-hmm. continuity a couple weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, pretty soon everybody's just going to be able to uh, draw what my room is like, but not yet. Well, not yet. I mean, that's the fun of uh, New York apartment living. You know, you can reach a door, you can reach the kitchen, <laughs> bathroom. It's all within reach. You know? Yeah, I can reach yeah, my, my kids my, are actually right over here. I can reach my murder shears. And <laughs> my, oh, stop showing that. My stormtrooper <laughs> candle that I made. Oh, I'm glad you said candle because it looks like you murdered a stormtrooper. Uh, isn't that sort shears. of that's what side we're on, Pete? Oh, I don't know. It's man. like at the end of Jedi, like everybody, like they were playing music on their their hats. <laughs> yeah, that was very upsetting to me. I was like, "Wow, the bad guys won." 
Yeah. <laughs> You're a stormtrooper apologist. Yeah, I'm a stormtrooper uh, apologist, exactly. I, I I hate those stupid Ewoks. I play uh, Yub Dub. I play Yub Dub over here all the time. Oh man, Yub Dub's one of my favorites, man. Come on. It's actually yeah. surprisingly easy to play because you just go sort of go. Yup, dub. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing they blew all the John Williams budget on the rest of the songs. That was your wedding dance song, right, Justin? Yes, much oh. to it's really haunted my relationship. Uh, with, <laughs> I dreamed of marrying an Ewok, and I married a woman. Oh. <laughs> Boring, rude. And then that ghost you had never seen before showed up at your wedding. Uh, that's right. I was like, Hayden Christensen. Oh, and he man. wasn't even a ghost. He was just very pale because he uh, is. Yeah, he's a very pale guy. I shouldn't have uh, invited him. <laughs> now, we were talking about the stack a little bit last. I don't I don't know if it was last week. It was over the weekend or something like that. We were like, hey, what should we do for the stack? We've been having guests pick it. Um, Pete was like, no, I don't want to read anything additional. Don't make me read anything else whatsoever. So we said, want, fine. Do, do you want to get into it? You want to get into it? Uh, this is a setup for, I'm saying, we let Pete pick the stack here. We're like, you pick a book. Uh, and you did. No, no. Pick a book I think we the... said, well, let's let Pete pick the stack. And so he came back. You know, often the stack can be like three books, five. Yeah. Sure, it's, it's a runs. stack. It's, it's a stack. stack. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like if you would go to a diner and order a stack of pancakes, you don't expect one. You'd be like, what the, where's the rest of the pancakes? Sometimes all you need is one. Um. Uh, it's still not a stack, though. But you did pick one comic book for the stack, yep. which yep. is Incredible Hulk, number 140, which is very <laughs> interesting to me. Because isn't it like 141 where Wolverine is in, uh, introduced or something like that? Yes, but this is where Hulk falls in love. Right. So this is a story by Harlan Ellison, adapted by Roy Thomas, layouts by Herd Trimpey, and art by Sam Granger. Uh, can I make a guess why you pick this book? Sure. Uh, <laughs> I don't. Why are you so worried? Yeah, I don't know. You're I nervous, would like to nervous. say, though, that uh, one of my kind of like uh, favorite, I would say like top five favorite Comic-Con moments was uh, meeting Herb Trimpey in uh, Artist Alley and talking to him about this book and talking to him about uh, uh, drawing the Hulk and and how much I loved the Hulk as a kid. And um, like and he talked about uh, drawing Hulk and Wolverine and we really kind of like geeked out together for like 20 minutes uh, he was such a nice, amazing man. And uh, yeah, it was just really great. Um, just to be able to talk to somebody like that whose work meant so much to you and just kind of run into them and have like a fun kind of off the cuff conversation. And uh, yeah, it was just uh, I was really impressed with him, not only as an artist, but also like some of the stories. He's a real fun storyteller. So like we had a blast in Artist Alley. So this book, this finds the Hulk going to the microverse, romancing Jarella, getting married, uh, sort of gaining his... Uh, humanity is the wrong word, but he gets Bruce Banner's intelligence, the Hulk's body. Gets the Bruce Banner brain. Very yeah, eloquent. Bruce... Yeah, so he's able to talk. But the reason I think you like this book is because the bad guy is named Cyclops. Ah! Cyclop. Right, Cyclop. Yeah. yeah. But is that where it started, Pete? It's no. a different character. Yeah. Well, that's funny that you bring that up because re- rereading it, I was like, oh, this is hilarious. Cyclops still a dick 
even though a completely different <laughs> character. Uh, kudos to Marvel for keeping that going throughout all the years. Anyone close to a name Cyclops, they're like, well, he's got to be an asshole. So I'm glad that they have stuck with that over the years. You know, it's it's nice to see that. If you were to rank Cyclops versus Cyclops, which is your uh, which character do you like better? Uh, and let's keep in mind, Cyclops here is a big. Sort of robot-y, yellow, uh, so it looks like a bit of like a bumblebee with a weird face. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like it's got one giant kind of eye. Uh, but I, yeah, I would say because Cyclop ruined uh, Hulk's shot at love, I'm going to have to say that that makes me like Cyclops a little bit better, even though he kind of like stepped wow. on Wolverine Whoa. a little bit. This is how we get you back on the right side of X Men history, Pete. I'm going to slowly introduce worse Cyclops, <laughs> and then we're just going to boost up my man Cyclops into the stratosphere. Well, when you say things like my man Cyclops, it knocks it back down again. <laughs> I mean, I got to say, actually, Pete, your hatred of Cyclops has propelled me to liking him more. <laughs> only because I like. Well, growing up, I was like, this guy's like sort of square. He's not super fun. But only over the years has uh, our battle really made me have to take on the role of a Cyclops uh, fan. Oh, wow. Mm. You're Uh, making me into a monster. (laughs) Other other than that, though, other than the Herb Trimpey thing, though, I, I don't think you've explicitly said what you actually liked about the book. Like, why did you pick this book in particular, Pete? Well, this uh Got me back into comics hardcore. Um, I was in college when I found this book. Uh, I was mm. kind of going through a tough time. And um, I, to cheer myself up, uh, raided my roommate's comic book collection unbeknownst to him. And Ooh. I stole this comic. And to this day, <laughs> I still have it. And I'll never give it back to him. Oh, okay. So this is not that you liked it. This is a confession of a crime. Right. No, no. The Unseen Vegan Dream burnt down to my senior home twice. Uh, so I'm going to take his comic book. Wait, and wait, it's fair. wait, wait, wait. Hold on a second. <laughs> There's his so many names that the, don't make sense. His name is the Unseen Vegan Dream. Yeah, that was his nickname, the Unseen Vegan Dream. Nickname, okay. Mm-hmm. Check answers question number one. Great. Uh, question number two, he burned down your apartment twice? Yeah, our house. Our house. We called it the crack house, but it was uh, where we lived senior year. I, I got to admit, with the name crack house, there's probably a different reason it got burned down twice. Uh, let me, well, don't let the name fool you. It was just a fun name. Let me ask you, though. It burned down, and then was it rebuilt, or did you move into another house, or how? No, it, no. So, so the first time it caught fire, uh, the vegan dream uh, put in ov- uh, like toast in the oven and then left for work. Mm. And so then the uh, fire department showed it, up at our house. Nah. Uh, I was not there. Both times I was not there. I was very happy. Um, and uh, so it was just the kitchen that was kind of burnt to a crisp. So the landlord rebuilt the kitchen and we convinced him to still let us live there because it was an accident. It was an accident. But then after the second time, the second time I was leaving uh, to go to nationals for uh, the volleyball team that I was on in college. Oh, my God. What is this? (laughs) What is this story? I literally said to him, I said, okay, I'm going to be gone for a week. Whatever you do, don't burn the house down. And I remember 
I was walking up the street and I saw my mattress on the side of the road and it was burnt. And I was like, this motherfucker. How did it start the second time? And don't so, worry, I'm going to circle back with volleyball questions. <laughs> okay, <great. laughs> so, uh, uh, so he, uh, he liked passing out in the tub with all the water. Like still in the, yeah, sure. sure. I didn't, I've never seen that before. So I relaxing. would sometimes come in late at night drunk and I would find him passed out in the tub and he would just be like, add more hot water and then pass back out. Um, that is so I would. very to wake <laughs> yeah. up and be like, I'm good here. Just warm up the old bathing juice here. Real quick. <laughs> yeah. Wait, would you do it? So you were basically his bath boy. Oh, stop that. Stop that. You did warm up his water for him? <laughs> Pete. Uh, no, no. Usually I'd punch him and then like walk away. You'd or punch him? That's, that's punch also him in the bath? bad. That's a dangerous thing to do to somebody who's asleep in a bathtub. Nah, I was in the face. It's not big deal. Oh, okay. um, so uh, he had passed out in the bathtub and there was a candle on a tapestry and... Uh, <laughs> Chirod Yo. Nation was uh, a sleeping. Uh, he was on the hockey team. He slept uh, above um, that. My room was directly above his, and then his was next to mine. But he woke up uh, to a room full of uh, smoke and got out just in time. Um, uh, the dream was already outside. Uh, didn't wake up Chirod, which they still fight about. Um, I as you would. That's yeah. A- but yeah, uh, that's how he, he passed out with a candle going on the tapestry like a complete douchebag. A, c- a couple more questions. I know this is an explanation of why you chose this comic, but uh, what is your – you said Chi-Rod? Yeah, Chi-Rod Nation, yep. What is that? It's uh, short for Chi-Chi's Rodriguez. Because uh, – and, ha- you know, uh, Chi-Chi's Rodriguez, famous golfer, would yeah. do like this thing when he would sink a putt. Chirod Nation would do that with his hockey stick after he scored. The thing about Chirod, though, is he was always getting thrown out for fighting, which is why we were friends. Uh, we would get drunk and fight each other a lot, mm. and uh, it was good practice. And did you, um, real quick, did you go to college in a sitcom or in <laughs> um, in I mean, a? Uh, <laughs> Really, I love that this story is like David Foster Wallace explains uh, his favorite comic because there's this much story and then this much adaptation of everything that's going on. Uh, So let's get back to the meat of this comic, which is that that (laughs) Pete played volleyball. So where were you, a bumper? Yeah, yeah, I was a backcourt specialist, uh, basically – I would serve Specialist. and then play all three spots in the back rotation, and then I would get subbed out, and a tall person would come in for me and play the front three spots, and then I would rotate in for him because tall people aren't coordinated enough to serve or uh, you know be able to dig a spike. Wow, so, you hate tall people once again. Oh, with a passion, with a passion. How often did they play danger zone when you were playing volleyball? When you were playing uh, with the boys. No, yeah, with boys, with your shirts off, and nope. take the highway to the danger zone. No, 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 that was no. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Do you ever um, get back out there on the old court or beach? Yeah, I used to play big city volleyball when I first moved to the city way back in the day. It was a lot of fun. The problem was, I'm very, you know, my aggression or my anger gets the best of me, mm. and like so, like you, all volleyball players. Yeah, yeah. So like, uh, it got can flare up and become a problem. So I had to drop out of certain leagues. The worst <laughs> was we were playing in an er, in a mural 
uh, team in college uh, in between like the seasons, and uh, I was so pissed we lost to this team of assholes that I went outside and I tipped over dumpsters until I felt better. And you know. <laughs> how many dumpsters was that? Eight, Wait, it takes eight dumpsters? dumpsters to feel better. It takes eight dumpsters to feel better. What? Full size dumpsters? Yeah, yeah. By yourself? Yeah. It's amazing that on this show where we were like, well, we're not going to have a guest. We ended up getting College Pete as our guest. <laughs> and this will be an epic guest. Uh, this is amazing. Any other details we're missing here, Pete? <laughs> because so. it's been a lot. Uh, I actually oh, don't my, think you've talked about what you like about this comic yet. One of yes. my favorite, uh, one of my claims to fame in, uh, in, vo- in volleyball was I took out all the... Uh, Sports bottles to drink the water, and I used empty 40 bottles. So whenever we would roll up to uh, tournaments, we would have like a, you know, most people have a carrying case full of water bottles. We had empty 40 bottles filled with water. Uh, so that Gross. was, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, it was fun. It was fun. Um, wow. Um, great. I look forward to meeting you on a volleyball court uh, of some sort. Are you challenging it- me? Yes, <laughs> Bro, I want to yeah, take you. Be, you can't. You can't. We should uh, once we're allowed to see each other in person. We should all uh, start a volleyball team. Yeah, the, once we get out of quarantine, the first thing we should do is go to a volleyball court <laughs> and I don't know, play one on one spike Spike City. Sure, <laughs> Spike City. Absolutely. Yeah. Wait, so Pete, what do you like about a hundred, uh, Incredible Hulk one for Okay, so as I was saying, <laughs> just I was, to loop uh, back to that. Yeah, yeah, I was uh, kind of in a tough spot. I wasn't sure. Um, I had just been through kind of a big breakup and was feeling kind of depressed. And here's Hulk, um, who constantly is thrown into these unbelievable, um, circumstances and things that happen to him. Uh, and the part where he is sh- uh, in the middle of like, uh, Avengers storming a castle, Hulk is shrunk down and kind of popped in a new world, and these giant beast, uh, like, pig dogs start to attack him. And he doesn't blink an eye. He says, well, I'm still the Hulk. And he rips off one of their horns and fucking stabs them with their own horn. And that, to me, was, like, the greatest pep talk I could ever receive. And I was just like, you know what? You're fucking right, Hulk. Uh, I'm going to pick myself up and fucking not give up and uh, keep plugging away at this shit. And so that's why it's my favorite the, comic. That's crazy. Uh, the uh, I thought, I thought that, I mean, I'm glad you took that away from the book. I thought the thing that you were maybe <laughs> going to take away from the book <laughs> was that it's this epic romance with Jarella in the microverse well, that's where he the falls second. in love. He's finally happy. Oh, that's the second thing. Yeah, that's the second thing because, you know, I was First to... thing is the pig dog getting stabbed. Yeah. But gives like, you confidence. Minor, Once you like... stab a pig dog, you're feeling pretty confident mm-hmm. about yourself. And which one of your friends was named Pig Dog real quick? Sorry. <laughs> I'm sure Pig Dog, um, well, you know. Pig Dog Island or whatever uh, the, the nickname was. I, uh, there, I have... Plenty of friends with crazy nicknames. Such I, prolific uh, nicknames. I. What are our nicknames? I guess Zalbs and Siz. Yeah, JT Siz and the Zalbs. But 
Um, Not as I guess you used to be a little more creative with your names. Yeah, I used to. It would be part of uh, you know because when I was growing up having a learning disability, um, it was hard for me to remember things. So I'd always have to come up with fun little nicknames. So you nicknamed everything. Yeah. So I wow. nicknamed everything, and my best friend, one of my best friends since the second grade, his nickname was Little Dog. So um, <laughs> there that's it is. close to Pig Dog, but it's not little, little Pig Dog. Uh, what do you think about this book, Justin? I, I thought it was great. I mean, this is uh, – it reminded me of a comic that you talk about, Alex, a Hulk book where he goes into sort of not the microverse but sort of a, a different dimension. The Crossroads? Crossroads, That yes. one? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's perfect like escapist uh, comic uh, where Hulk – the microverse is always something in the Marvel Universe I'm like, how does this work exactly? It gets so small that there's like un- – there's a bunch of weird stuff there. Which I think is very cool. Uh, but I really, this reminded me of uh, sort of a similar, slightly similar story without volleyball in it um, and no fires. When I was um, in uh, high school, I was working at a Burger King, also having a tough time. Oh, wait, picked, wait. Burger King? Oh, yeah. I crushed the Burger King drive through for a year and a half in high oh, school. Oh, that's right. Because you were worked the mic and that was your kind of like first time. Yeah. Exactly. That was yeah. the original podcast, was the Burger King drive through. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> just uh, me slinging Otis uh, Spunkenmeyer cookies. Oh, dude. And Otis, uh, obviously, um, f- uh, flame broiled burgers. Wow. Uh, yeah, exactly. John George, that's the JT Sizzle. That's where the sizzle <laughs> came from. That's where the sizzle comes from, right there. <laughs> Um, <laughs> it's just a very tiny Burger King sizzle because <laughs> I'll tell you what those burgers cook very quickly on a conveyor belt. Uh, I, I know all the secrets, but anyway, I picked up Starman Annual um, Number One, and uh, it's the Prince Gavin story. And it, there's this, such a great romance in that story, and a, I ate it or I read it on my uh, break at work. And was just like you ate it. I ate it. I ate it. Uh, I read it on my break at work, and it just like I was like, "Oh, this is." Uh, we'll all get through this small little uh, heartbreak and and move on. Um, so I that I took that away from this book as well. The the chance for Hulk to find love. The title is great. Yeah. Um, great uh, of the story. I also thought it was the the ending. I thought was very cool. I thought you would mention um, that he has this great romance. This great world where he's like a leader. He has uh, his intelligence and strength, and um, it all ends up in his on his pants. Yeah, yep. The, the little piece of dust that he had microverse into is on his pants. Yeah, it's yeah. so, so he close. sort of carries it with him. Yeah, so far, yeah, he kind of carries it with him. But it's like, yeah, I mean, the fact that like he could find love like that in such a crazy world, and it happened. Uh, and he didn't. He found love in a lonely place. Yeah, and he also didn't fight it. He wasn't like, "Who are you?" I don't. You know, they touched hands, and that was it. And he went all in, man. She was like, "I'm going to marry you right now," and he was like, "Yeah, that sounds great." <laughs> uh, reading this book, I don't know that I knew about this issue, but I don't think I ever read this issue. I mean, first of all, like like you were talking about, the beginning and the end are very Harlan Ellison. I assume those are mostly the parts that they adapted when they're talking about adapting it. The idea of like just ending up in this microverse and fighting large beasts and then at the end sort of zooming out. So you have the zoom in and then the zoom out, uh, book ending the book. Uh, but it also struck me that 
clearly, and I think in the best way, Greg Pak was clearly pulling on this for Planet yeah. Hulk yeah. and essentially taking the storyline and blowing it out to a much bigger proportion versus the one issue that it was. And uh, seeing that, I think he did a really nice job of like picking and choosing what he wanted from the story to make a bigger Hulk story about it. It's also interesting. You, you brought up the crossroads stuff that there's also a lot of the stuff uh, that they're doing right now in Hulk that the Hulk who is ostensibly just me, angry, me smash can be used for so many different modes of story yeah. is so fascinating. And I, I feel like that was sort of uh, in, for me anyway, the first time I, I was like, Oh, there's so much more potential for these characters. Um, once they just get out of the their sort of base premise, like I feel like Spider-Man was so often just like doing Spider-Man things, but the Hulk was able to be like, oh, no, now you're going into the microverse uh, and doing all these weird things. I was like, oh, it doesn't have to storytelling doesn't have to just be the one thing. Once you do that and start there, you can be anything. And that was uh, learning. Learning that from these books was was great. Yeah. Also, yeah. it's just fun to kind of like go back especially to the older comics for the ads like the Arnold Schwarzenegger like muscle ad the like yeah do you want to be uh we can send you drafting tools so you, you can get a job as a drafter you know it's <laughs> like oh my god it's hysterical are you gonna apply do you think oh yeah definitely no doubt yeah someone you picks up the drafter. phone and says we've been waiting for you <laughs> <Pete>. <laughs> Uh, we got a couple of other suggestions here in the comments that I'll just mention. Jay Sinison says uh, entire era of Hulk was so good from 120 to the end of the Lynn Weed Run. Uh, Hulk 182 is my favorite single issue story. Mike Beneke says the anatomy lesson from Swamp Thing was close to his Pete experience. Mm. Uh, Joe Crack mentions so sensational She-Hulk 50 is my favorite Hulk yeah. story. Uh, yeah, good stuff. I think like Hulk is one of those things that there's just so many variations of again. It's fun to read through. Uh, for other stuff in the stack, just to kind of jump forward, we talked about this. Uh, we put up a thread on uh, on at Comic Book Live on our Twitter account today of some books involving prominent uh, African American creators, yeah. and I thought it might be good to kind of chat through that a little bit. Cool. Obviously, we are three white guys again. Just to emphasize that, we're very well aware. True. Talking through, we don't have a black creator on the show, but we didn't want to have anybody come on and feel like in the middle of everything that go on, they have the extra added pressure of having to do a live show versus us <laughs> who could like care less, you know, what? <laughs> don't say shit like that. Yeah. Who just like, just like throw this shit off or whatever wow. you know what I'm talking you, about, man. <laughs> uh, how do we want to talk through this though? Should I mention some of the titles so we could talk about them yeah. each briefly? Yeah, I think so. I mean, we've, we've read most of these books uh, ourselves, so. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I mean, like I clarified on Twitter, this is by no means a comprehensive list. Uh, but a lot of what today was about, uh, if you haven't been online, you probably didn't know about this, but a lot of it was uh, co-opted and uh, twisted a little bit to be like it's confusing hey, day a, on social media, confusing sure. day on social media <laughs> for everyone. Uh, <laughs> And, and life. Uh, but uh, ultimately, what ended up being in the most positive sense is, hey, share stuff from African-American creators, amplify other voices. Uh, so that's what we're going to try to do here a little bit. Uh, and again, uh, if you have stuff you want to add in the comments, either on YouTube or Crowdcast, let us know. We'd be happy to chat about stuff. Uh, first one, Nat Turner by Kyle Baker. Pete's yeah. old smoking buddy from San Diego <laughs> Comic-Con. Yeah, that's when I ditched you guys to go smoke weed. 
You didn't ditch yeah. us very hard. You saw, we saw you in the lobby area wearing Kyle's hat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this book is so good. I mean, obviously, it's based in history. Kyle Baker was, I think, might have my contract. He lives wrong, up to his name, by little... the way. Uh, wait, what do you mean? <laughs> we got mean? baked Baker. together. Me and Kyle Baker yeah. got baked. Oh, okay. All right. Got it. Uh, he didn't think that was funny he... either, but I thought it was hysterical. <laughs> I feel like yeah. he was mostly known for Plastic Man at this point, uh, yes. which was also excellent. You should totally check that out. But Nat Turner is absolutely wonderful uh, biography, uh, comic biography. Uh, next one. This is one we've been talking about a bit on the stack. Bitter Root by David F. Walker, Chuck Brown, and Sanford Green. Pete, you want to talk about this one? You love this Yeah, book. so this is just great because it's uh, it's – you know, bitter root. Uh, it's rooted in a lot of history, uh, a lot of great characters. But Sanford Green, uh, kind of like an amazing artist uh, who does really amazing takes on characters, and um, his uh, Power Man and Iron Fist is one of my favorite runs. And he just does like an. It's a creator own project that's like it's got history lessons. It's got original characters. It's really unbelievably powerful, very creative, fun story, great characters. It's just, uh, it's a blast. And it also deals with a lot of like, uh, powerful stuff and tackles a lot of issues. And, and it's just, uh, it's a great, great book. Uh, Josh in the comments says, I love Bitteru and the back matter is fantastic yeah. and uh, agree completely. Like it really does feel like this book is, uh, sort of, the putting just so much information and mixing this this history with the fantasy elements of the premise uh, it's great yeah yeah uh next one this is actually uh some folks that we've had on the show a couple of times to talk about this book so go back if you haven't listened to it we've had them on the live show for podcasts a uh, black by Kwanzaa Osa Jeffo, Jamal Eigel, uh, Robert Riggs, Tim Smith III, and Derwin Robinson. Uh, so this is set in a world where only black people have superpowers. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, and it's exactly, it goes as hard into it as the yeah, title would imply. Uh, and I really think this is a book also that like has only gotten better as it's gone yeah. along, as they've dived yeah. into the premise. It's very smart and very fun. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, the uh, people behind it are really great. I mean, Jamal Eigel has done so many, uh, so much stuff, uh, a lot of DC stuff, which first got my attention, but he's an amazing yeah, artist. Great artist. Uh, unbelievable person as well. And uh, he, yeah, he just, he brings a lot to whatever he's working on. And, uh, you know, I wish him all the best. And he's also like, been so open with us and willing to do interviews, especially when we're yeah, running we, around he, at cons, he, and he always makes. Yeah, he time. came on our show back before everything. Yeah, <laughs> like he was like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll talk to you guys." Yeah, so that's great. Uh, and we'll get it to another title. I think I put this at the end, uh, but Molly Danger is another title from Jamel Idol. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He that's an all ages title. If you're looking for a fun all ages superhero book about a young girl who becomes a superhero, Molly Danger is one to check out. Uh, next one, we've also talked about this on the stack quite a bit, but Excellence from Image Comics by oh, Brandon Thomas, Kari Randolph, and Emilio Lopez. Uh, this is basically like... Uh, Again, uh, just uh, black people have magic, like, and they sort of secretly help out the people in the world or impede them in different ways. But the way that the book is laid out is so smart and fascinating. 
the world, the idea of the world and the specifics of the world gets slowly laid out across the board. It's one of those uh, these books that it, it's sometimes harder hard to find these days where the 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 world and the premise are so well developed and fleshed out across everything. It is it's such a good world to dip into. Um really well made and you get to follow the story goes in places that you wouldn't expect right out of the gate. Uh, it's really good. Yeah, definitely check that out. Uh, also, I'll mention a couple of people here in the comics are mentioning Far Sector, which we're going to be talking about on our Stack podcast tomorrow, the new issue. Uh, but that's awesome. A Green Lantern title that actually is a sci-fi story, but delves yeah. into emotional bits, feels completely uh. fresh and original. So good. Definitely check that out. So smart. I hope that it feels like every time we talk about this book, everybody is like Far Sector is one of my favorite comics that I'm reading right now. Um, And it it is wild just how much love there is for it. I hope it can become a more central Green Lantern story or we can have this world become more part of the DC universe because it's it's just so well done in the issue that, you know, stop doing Green Lantern, just do Far Sector because it's better. (laughs) Well, I think there's room for both. (laughs) But the issue that came out today is is excellent. We'll talk yeah. about it more. Very good. Uh, Black Panther by ta Coates and Brian Stelfreeze. I mean, obviously, he has redefined Black Panther completely in such oh. a big way. And talk about taking risks, like, after um, the first run uh, of of books and then jumped into this, like, wildly different story and space. Um, it's just really epic comic storytelling. Yeah, I was really impressed uh, when he came on board for Black Panther and, like, tied in so many things before he began his story arc. Just uh, what a nice kind of smart homage to do before he puts his own stamp on something. He wasn't like, okay, I'm going to do this. This is what I want to do. He really uh, kind of, like, acknowledged everything that kind of came before him and then began, which was pretty amazing. I mean, he's a fan first. He's a huge comic book fan and was, like went for this after he was already like wildly famous and wildly successful. So like, that's the, that's the love is there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next one up March by John Lewis, Andrew Aiden and Nate Powell. Uh, we've had Nate Powell on the show to talk yes. about this, I believe. Uh, and this is great. I mean, this is a, uh, autobiography of John Lewis in comic book form and it's wonderful. Oh yeah. Yeah. Good, good trouble is he, says yeah <laughs> there you go uh next one up we'd be remiss not to mention this uh and this is actually i think the tw- i want to say the 27th anniversary yesterday static shock by Dwayne mcduffie yeah. robert l washington iii and john paul leon pete i feel like you were probably a static shock fan back in the day am i wrong oh about yeah that? definitely and you know someone mentioned in the comments there um that uh anything Dwayne mcduffie does you know just really great um you know, I, I'm on board, but yeah, it's just one of those things where like great way to kind of get a new character into the world and kind of have staying power. And, uh, it's nice to see that stack shock is, you know, still around and like, it's one of those stories that's like a Spider-Man story where like you're really pulling yeah. for this young kid and it's just great to kind of follow him and, and see how he kind of goes through life and how he kind of tackles things and puts his own stamp on stuff. And it's, it's fucking fantastic. Well, it's so hard to have a character break through and the fact that it's again, an animated series yeah. and people are sharing uh, clips of that today. Like it's, it's so hard to do that. And man, Dwayne McDuffie was such a, just legend 
uh, yeah. for yeah. so long. Uh, next one up, Bingo Love by T. Franklin, Jen St. Ange, uh, Joyce N., and Jean Viev F.T. Uh, this is a great queer romance book. It's very fun. It's very sweet. Uh, it's smartly written. And it's one of those things that, like, built really well, which I don't think you see much now. You know, there's mostly, there's focus on the big two. There's focus on the indie publishers. But you don't see something like Bingo Love that, like, People just pass along and they say, hey, you've got to read this. You've got to read this. You've got to read this. Uh, and again, it's very cute. It's very sweet. If you're looking for something that is more on the side of romance comic, I think it's a good one to check out. Romance, Pete, your eyes just lit right oh, up. Oh, you know, there's nothing like a cute romance comic. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> on the opposite end of romance comic, The Wilds by Vita Ayala and Emily Pearson. This is one we talked about way back, and this yeah. book is... In fact, wild, just like with <laughs> creatures and monsters and everything. Um, Vidyayala has been like on Crushing fire. It. Yeah, she talk about a, someone who's emerged in the last year. Like she's everywhere right now. Yeah. Uh, so, but this is this is one of their first books, I believe, and it's definitely worth checking out. Uh, also, to mention, probably should have mentioned this at the beginning, but all of these books, I believe, are on Comicsology. Uh, or uh, oh, Amazon. Sorry, there's some love fest going out of the comics <laughs> uh, comments right now. Very gross. I'm a little distracted. Yeah. Hey, by Pete, it. why don't you tell your barber to lay off on the love <laughs> fest over here? <laughs> she already branded the back of your head. Come on, man. <laughs> Uh, this is another one, uh, Farmhand by Rob Gilroy. Yes. You probably know him best as the artist of Chew, but he broke out to his own book called Farmhand, uh, and it is about. Basically, they farm organs and limbs for people that are missing them, but obviously it's much more nefarious than that. But it's great. Like, it's very dark, but it's very fun. It's exactly what you'd expect from a, a spinoff from The Artist of Chew. I, didn't, think. I think we just talked about this on last week's yeah. stack, mm-hmm. uh, if I'm correct. Yeah, very good. Uh, and uh, the last one, this is actually a mention on Twitter. Enrique de Castello said Nighthawk by David yes. F. Walker, Ramon Villobos, and Tamara Bonvillan. Uh, Pete, deep talk cut. about that. You seem excited. Well, yeah, I mean, that's a, it's kind of like a old school uh, image book. And uh, I, I really, uh, if I'm thinking of the right one, Night. Uh, oh, no, you're oh. not. <laughs> no, this is uh, Nighthawk. This is the... Uh, uh, oh my gosh, spinoff of the new, what were they called? Supreme Power, not Squadron oh, Supreme. Yes. Okay. Uh, so, but it was him, like they recast it. Nighthawk in the old Squadron Supreme was white. Nighthawk in Supreme Power was black on the street. He was basically the black Batman. Uh, and David F. Walker's book leaned into that very hard. Mm-hmm. So particularly if you're looking for something that deals with uh, police violence right now, I think that's potentially a good one to check out. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. Those are a couple of recommendations. Again, not a complete list. Uh, we realize we are far from the experts on this, but this is stuff we've talked about on the show and certainly really enjoyed. And it's a good place to start. If you like any of that stuff, go buy other things for those creators. Yeah, especially uh, the creator-owned books. Yeah. Uh, go out and grab those right now. Yeah, there you go. All right, and I think that's it for the stack. It is time to move on to audience questions. Again, on YouTube, drop us some questions in the comments. We'll get to those. I see a bunch of them already piling up over here on Crowdcast, so I'm starting with this stuff. Uh, this is from Mike Beneke. What is the latest, greatest Star Wars Doctor Who thing I can get my wife for our anniversary? Aww. <laughs> Aww. Loaded question. <laughs> oh, boy. Gosh, I don't know. 
uh, Lego set. Um, a friend of mine made a little uh, TARDIS for his wife, and when you open it up, like there, you know, he puts like love notes in there on anniversaries and her birthday and stuff. So, like, I don't know if you want to kind of like make something like that. That's like a you know sweet gift. That's sweet. Uh, this is, I don't know if they make them anymore, but, uh, one of my favorite things, which is super dorky, but that we have from think geek, which doesn't exist anymore. Uh, but we got matching towels and one of them is a silhouette of Leia pointing this way. And it says, I love you. And the other one is Han pointing this way. And it says, I know on it. I've seen those towels. I've wiped my hands on those. Oh, I'm glad you said hands. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What? I don't know what you're doing. Interesting. Uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, oh, a couple of people suggesting a cameo from a Star Wars Doctor Who person. You could definitely do that. Oh, um, I also oh, yeah. think, like, go to Etsy and buy something from an independent creator. There's always cute, fun stuff over there. Um, or, you know, Legos. <laughs> uh, Legos beget. Um, a buddy of mine had a uh, got the parts and assembled a lightsaber using the original sort of uh, things that George Lucas had envisioned. Like, it's a lot of random, like, photo equipment. And the art director from the uh, from A New Hope, like, got all this random stuff and built it. And he was like, this is your lightsaber. He was like, cool. And there are kits you can buy that sort of collect all those things, and you can put it together on your own. Cool. That sounds awesome. Uh, let's move over to YouTube for a question. Uh, this is from Nelson Martinez. Have you guys watched season one of Batwoman? How'd you like it? And who would you like to play Batwoman in season two? Uh, so this actually gets into a little bit of breaking news that just happened right before the show. Um, there was a casting call that was circulating earlier today um, uh, that seemed pretty weird uh, because it seemed like they were looking into a new Batwoman. Uh, So I reached out about it, and in fact, uh, I can confirm that they're not bringing Kate Kane back at all for season two of Batwoman. It's going to be an entirely new, entirely different character. Uh, The name, at least, that they're using on the casting call is Ryan Wilder. Uh, who's described as a female mid to late 20s, any ethnicity. Ryan Wilder is about to become Batwoman. She's likable, messy, a little goofy and untamed. She's also nothing like Kate Kane, the woman who wore the Batsuit before her, uh, which is... Little shots fired at the end there. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of crazy news. Uh, What do you think about this, Pete, Justin? Well, when you, you know, when I saw it on Slack and uh, when I was talking to you before we started taping about it, I uh, I think that like, right, if you have a character that is no longer going to instead of doing the old like television, hey, this is, you know, it's just like before, but it's completely different. We're not going to dress it same person. That's not a good idea. So I feel like going in a, in a different direction and, uh, you know, giving us a different take on Batwoman could be could be uh, cool and unique and different. And so I'm. I'm hoping uh, that uh, this uh, new person kills it and uh, kind of takes it in a different direction. I know it's against the kind of comic books. And the Batwoman comic was is just, I mean, when that really got momentum and started blowing up, it was unbelievable. And so uh, part of me is like, oh, that sucks. But they're in a new position, so why not lean into it and try a new character? And hopefully they can bring something to the role that would be great. It feels like they might be going for a Batgirl 
um, character here or even a, a, a Stephanie Brown uh, type character, mm-hmm. which I think like if you're going to pivot and you pivoting this hard, like I don't, it could be cool. Like I, uh, I didn't watch the first season of Batwoman. So I know that like, I don't want to say, any, say anything bad about the, what, what has come before, but they lost their lead. They felt like replacing it sort of harmed the show enough that they were like, well, I don't know if we can come back from this in the same way we want to. So to pivot hard and just start sort of start over with a new direction, like that's that's at least exciting. It's at least yeah. uh, a, a choice that most shows wouldn't have made. And a risk like that, if they can pull it off, that's huge. I, I liked I enjoyed season one. I um, because of this move, I'm definitely going to tune in to season two to see how it starts and see how they do and what they do. So it'll it'll be interesting. Yeah, I I also liked season nine quite a bit. I think they did a really good job of just driving home the metaphor of Kate being gay the entire time through the lens of uh, superheroics. Um, I I liked Ruby Rose. I think she probably did a better job with Kate Kane than she did with Batwoman. She clearly seemed uncomfortable with the stunts for uh, reported obvious reasons of like she got hurt very badly several times. Um, the thing that is weird to me about it that a lot of fans have pointed out already is even beyond the comic nature of Kate Kane as Batwoman, because as we know, legacy is the part of the bat characters legacy is the part of comic books. So it's not unprecedented for somebody else to take on the mantle is that the storyline is so tied to Kate Kane as a character. It's weird to extricate her from that, that you have the main relationship of the show is Kate Kane and Alice, right? Who's the Joker character, who is her sister. That is the backbone of the show. Uh, So you remove that, you remove a lot of the show. Plus you have Mary, who is her stepsister. Same sort of thing. There's the relationship there. Also her trying to live up to the legacy of her cousin, Bruce Wayne, same sort of thing. Those are all big parts of the show that they just don't have anymore. But to the point you were making, Justin, I think they made, probably made a call of like, we bring in an actress as Kate Kane. Everybody is going to say, how does this person compare to Ruby Rose? You create a new character. It's a whole new show. It's a whole new ball game. And I enjoyed the first season enough that I'm trusting them to figure out a way to do it. If they don't, that's fine. I'm a little dubious (laughs) of the whole thing, but we'll see how it pans out. Yeah. Yeah. It is weird. It's wild to do that. Like that. What show has ever done that before? Where they're like, oh, we're going to make a massive change, but still call it the same thing. Yeah. I mean, I feel like other like procedural shows will do that all the time. But a superhero show with the title character, I I don't know that I've ever heard about that before. Uh, So we'll see what happens. Maybe they'll crash and burn. Maybe that'll be fun to watch, too. Uh, All right. Let's uh, move on to another question here on Crowdcast. Casual hand up guy says, what is your favorite lame supervillain? I've read a lot of 70s Spidey and I really like Big Wheel and the Hypno Hustler. (laughs) Also, you can't choose. You can't choose Kite Man. Oh, that's true. Good call. He's not lame anymore. He's cool. Yeah, he's cool. Yeah, he really did pull that off. I mean, Kite Man has really ascended, especially with the Harley Quinn animated series, like killing it. Just absolutely killing it. So it's yeah. It's you can't say you can still, you know, uh, as Kevin pointed out, Lady Stiltman. Uh, Stiltman was one of my favorite lame ones, uh, just because you know he's tall, which makes me be like, oh, you're definitely a villain. 
but too tall. He's getting taller. That's yeah. that's got to be your real arch enemy. Mm. Uh, got to give it up for Condiment King that Joe Crack suggests. Very good. My off the top of my head though, I uh, Porcupine, who was uh, I believe a Spider Man villain, and then he came back in Spider Woman recently as uh, uh, her sort of romantic interest, sort of sidekick, and then romantic interest, and that was such a great story. Got to give it up for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, lame villain. This is another Spider-Man villain, but White Rabbit, I have never no. gotten in any way. Like, I don't know what her deal is. She's kind of Alice in Wonderland, but they always feel like they pull back from it because that's Mad Hatter's whole deal. So she, I feel just, like she bails on her thing every book she's in. She's like, ah, I don't know. I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. I'm sure somebody could write a great story with her, but it, it, uh, Joe Crack is saying, I just got her figure. Um, yeah, she's just a lady that does crimes. Exactly. That's accurate. I, but yes. much like the Royal Flush Gang, I feel like that's a character that is often put in just so the hero can beat them and move on to the yes. rest of the story. Like the Royal exactly. Flush game is the, Gang is the ultimate version of like, let's beat these people up so we can get to an emotional story that is totally different. I feel like Wrecking Crew most of the time is yes. exactly like that, too. And that's such a bummer to me because I actually like the Wrecking Crew. And there's been good Wrecking Crew stories, but they're always like, eh, they're just fighting people at the beginning of the story. Yeah. I want to see Wrecking Crew versus Royal Flesh Ooh. Gang. That's your amalgam number two. Wow. Yeah. Let's bring together the Marvel and DC Universe to tell that story. <laughs> yeah. Uh, got a couple of questions here over on YouTube. Uh, I'll go through. Uh, so... Uh, what are you guys drinking tonight? How about the next time the partners make mystery drinks? Ooh. Not quite sure what that means. We have but, uh, our significant others make our cocktails yeah. for the evening. Oh, our partners, not like us, yeah. our real life. Oh, uh, he thought we were partners. Well, Justin. we're real. We are real life partners. <laughs> we yeah. are our real life partners. Exactly. Uh, what are you guys drinking tonight? Uh, I'm, uh, I'm not drinking tonight. I'm just uh, going with a little. Wegman's well, uh, seltzer water. That haircut is wow. intoxicating enough. <laughs> I think we can say. Um, I had a uh, Boulevardier, but I've already finished it. Ooh, nice. Uh, I'm having a Merman ah, NY IPA. Nice. Love Look at the you. Very good. Uh, while you're, we're talking about you there, can we talk about your velour tracksuit that you got rocking there? Oh, sure. Your Adidas. Yeah, this stripe. was actually. This was a this was a gift for my wife. She months ago apparently ordered me a Marvel 80th anniversary loot crate, Aww. and there's a bunch of fun stuff in there. There's a Wolverine uh, jelly glass that has like an X at the bottom. What do you mean there's jelly glass? And other what things. does that mean? The, That's like a collectible thing. Yeah, I could go get it, but I feel like there, didn't come you with keep any jelly. jelly in glasses. Like, what are you talking about? No. no, no. This is a no. collectible no. thing, Pete. Uh, back in the day, they used to, because we had these growing up, they were like Tom and Jerry jelly glasses, and they would serve, or not serve, but they would sell jelly jam in uh, these glasses that had characters on them. So, and people collect- yeah, just you probably like know them well drinking, because they used to. Like a drinking glass, it's like, you know, the old, like, you know, Star Wars, like on the side of a glass. Yeah, exactly. It's like they used to give away at Burger yeah, King. Yeah, yeah, right? Burger Justin? King, Pizza yeah. Hut, the whole exactly. <laughs> I love you, Pete. It's like a, it's like a tiny, it's like a regular glass. I feel like you're really. Uh, I just don't. Upset I just pictured Zelvin drinking jelly out of a glass, and it freaked me out. 
Yeah. Uh, but I do have, uh, it's this uh, tracksuit jacket, which is super comfortable, and I've never had one of these, and I would never get one for myself. Uh, but it's got, like, nice Marvel 80. And... <laughs> oh, oh that's at, very cool. A little flexing yeah, there. It's fun. A little flexing. And yeah, so now you're a now you're a DJ. Yeah, what's up? Uh, yeah, you guys want to hear my sick beats? Yeah. Yes, please. Your mixtape. <laughs> you're so you're you're probably more of a SoundCloud DJ though, right? Uh, yeah, check out my tracks. Uh, I'm gonna do a Come couple on, of viral tweets. You gotta do it old school, man. Wheels of steel. Come on, bro. <laughs> yeah, get out on the street. Rock that Park Slope uh, <laughs> tracksuit, right baby. Now. Do you got the matching pants or is it just the jacket? No, he can't answer. No, he can't. He won't answer. He won't answer. He's afraid of the answer. Yeah, I think he does have the matching pants, and he's just not wearing yeah. pants right now. <laughs> he, That's what it is. He panicked. He panicked and pulled the plug <laughs> on the whole thing. <laughs> he's like, I can't face myself. Yeah. He's like he's like one of the villains in the Hawkeye run um, from Bat- Matt Fraction. Oh, yeah. What's up, bro? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, it's very close. Brooklyn. Yeah. Uh, he lives there. He's wearing a tracksuit. <laughs> Alex is slowly becoming the villain from uh, from the Hawkeye. Right? Yeah, yeah. He's gonna have a gold necklace next. It's gonna be sweet, man. Uh, yes. Um, I well, whenever he uh, comes back, uh, let me see if I can get into some questions here. Um, but but but. Uh, what uh, what DC legacy character that was replaced this is from Joe Crack. There was replaced by a previous generation version of the character. Do you miss? Uh, I.e. Ray, Ray Palmer replacing Ryan Choi, Barry replacing Wally, Ronnie replacing Jason Roush. Uh, so it's like when they uh, go, they create a new character and then go back uh, to the ridge. Oh. Well, the only thing I'm thinking of is just the kind of Robins for me. Like uh, there was different, like because I know you're a Nightwing fan. I was not ever a Nightwing fan, but the new like uh, uh, evil Robin, uh, as I like to call him, was uh, uh, was kind of like my favorite. Uh, kind of like to have a Robin that like. Yeah, has nefarious uh, reasons for being there. So it's not like he's just learning the ropes. Like Batman's trying to write a ship that could go horribly wrong. You know. Uh, yeah, I think that's uh, that's a good call. Um, I had another answer in my head. I mean, Blue Beetle comes to mind. Uh, we were huge fans of the new Blue Beetle back yes. in the, back in the day, and then I feel like he's sort of been lost. Um, What's more amazing is when someone, a character really emerges and can stand on their own, like Miles Morales. Like, I feel like it's so rare when they really have the legacy character break out of the legacy, and that's where you have, like, the real win. Yeah, I mean, like, to me, like, uh, Amadeus Cho is, like, a great example of, like, uh, somebody who was kind of, I don't know, created just to kind of pair up with Hercules and then became like such an amazing character that then like teamed up with Hulk and like do- has done so many uh, stuff and is still kind of around. Uh, but yeah, I think like, yeah, X-23 is... X-23 Wolverine is a good oh. call. That's because uh, I feel like X-23, like... Her book is one of my favorites, and I feel like she's sort of lost her spot right now. Yeah, and that sucks um, because when Wolverine came back, 
that X-23 comic was killing it. And I was kind yeah. of like, I'm a huge fan of Wolverine, but I was sad to see, like, that not have its own comic anymore, you know? Like, uh, it was just so powerful and so fantastic and a kind of fresh take on it. Uh, oh, hey, guys. Hey, Alex, we really panicked when you were gone. Uh, <laughs> so sorry. Um, I just peed my pants a little bit, but I we, at, we continue to answer questions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it's going really well. <laughs> no, that's great. I've been sitting here listening and watching most of it. Uh, just my computer froze for a while. So there oh, you go. Wow. So sorry about that, guys. Nice. Uh, uh, should we keep going? Yeah, but did you yeah, want to answer the question, that. though? Wait, what was the question? Uh, um. You have uh, a legacy character uh, that um, was created, and then the previous character sort of came back and replaced them. Sort of how, like, Ray Palmer, Ryan Troy came out, and then Ray Palmer eventually came back. Oh, one that we liked or we didn't like? Or like uh, a just Wally where, where you West miss, type of Where scene. you miss the character that was created. We talked about um, uh, New Blue Beetle, Jaime Rodriguez. Um, we talked about um, X-23. It feels like she's losing her spot a little bit. Yeah. Uh, he talked about the Robins. Yeah, I mean, I think those are all the good examples. Ryan Choi is a good example as well. I know this doesn't really count, but like Dick Grayson, Dick Grayson as Batman was so good, uh, and it was kind of a bummer to see him go back to Nightwing. Yeah. Same as Bucky uh, for Captain America, which I really enjoyed a yeah. lot. Um, so, yeah, there you go. Uh, Alex, did you punch a hole in your wall while you were gone? <laughs> like, were you like very uh, no, angry? Wait. Do I have a wall a hole there? What? No, we were just wondering. What am I doing? Like, I'm very lost right now. Yeah. You're lost. You don't know if you have a hole in your wall. Uh, I don't know you are going. lost. Well, all I know is I showed off my jacket and it was so powerful it kicked me off. Of the well, we thought it was That's because right. we asked you to see if you had the matching pants. And then maybe you stood you up like, and like that's when it froze because you know. And I think we can. Uh, but Pete and I can both do a good impression of your frozen face. Yeah. It was like this. Oh no, that's not good. <laughs> It was That's very bad good. News. I gotta uh, say, Pete, right. that was good. That's we we nailed yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. uh, Joe Crack says, given the opportunity for the comic book industry to finally get rid of having to use Diamond, why do you think so many ended up supporting Diamond through this all? Um, I don't know. Loyalty, I think. Like people are not gonna. It's still a massive revenue stream, so they're not gonna naturally just get rid of it. And even beyond loyalty, I think normalcy. I feel like sort of what we're all chasing really hard right now is a return to uh, as much of the pre-COVID world as we can. Um, and then making changes, like a lot of uh, people are saying, like, let's make a new world that is better. Yeah, that's, uh, that's where it's at right there. That's Fuck where it's that at. And it feels, like, it feels like Diamond is maybe not that, but it may be that chasing the normalcy that um, people are craving right now. Yeah, I think that's part of it. And I think like not to go further or sound too anarchic or anything, but this hasn't actually been going along long enough to really break those systems in any big way. Yeah. Um, If it goes on for longer, if bigger things happen as they are happening, um, potentially, but we're not quite there yet. Well, okay. Well, no, we're not. Like, I, I mean, we've had just if you want to just talk about the microcosm of the comic book industry, everybody's like, okay, two months, good. Now we're back. Now we're releasing comics again. So things are with some changes pretty much back to normal. But if this continues for another two months, that's going to be a different ball game. If it continues for six months, that's going to be a different ball game. Yeah. Beyond that, so we'll see what happens. Sorry, guys. Uh, my roommate's cat's actually uh, give, paying attention to me, and I, I can't. 
I can't stop. So it's, it's very exciting. Man, this show is crazy. Yeah. Uh, all right, here we go. Uh, wait, is that Luana says so? Stop. Is she actually down there? Is that what's going on? <laughs> Are you petting? You're petting Luana? No, no, I'm not petting. Luana. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, great. Uh, Kevin says, "What's a title you didn't like or just didn't get into uh, when you were young, but now love?" Bonus: If you now love includes all the old stuff as well as the new. Mm. Ooh, good question. Old stuff. A title that you didn't love that now you do love. I'm trying to think of not loving a comic. Um, I don't think I've ever not loved a comic. What about Batman, Superman versus werewolves and vampires? <laughs> oh, now that I'm older, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, like... Let me throw out Thor. I was never a huge Thor fan. Um, mm-hmm. First coming up, it felt so obtuse. Um, and uh, I've definitely gotten back into all of that, uh, all the old stuff, all the new stuff. Yeah, I... <sighs> It's weird. Like there are some things like I think about like how I've gotten older and uh, tastes have changed. But like didn't like Green Lantern as a kid. Still don't like Green Lantern. You know, like there are certain (laughs) things where I'm like, nah, fuck that. Um, What has changed for you? What's something, anything that your taste has changed? uh, Asparagus. (laughs) Hated it. Now I love it. Wow. Wow. What That's a big great. boy. We got ourselves a grown up big boy. <laughs> this guy's really earned, he's earned some ice cream because he finished his asparagus tonight, and that's a big boy we have right here. A uh, couple of quick things here over on YouTube. Jay Phonomancer says, have you guys watched Legion? And if so, what did you make oh, of it? Yeah. Uh, the answer to yeah. that is, sure did. We got a whole podcast called Inside Legion you could check out, and it's Awesome. Glorious. You could check out about 40 hours of his talking about <laughs> yes. it if you want. <laughs> it's, uh, and yeah. truly one of our well, yeah. favorite shows of all the podcasts we've done. It's right up there at, at the top of, uh, at least for me, I'll speak for myself, like shows that uh, we've done that I've loved. Just so creative. Every episode just really grabs you and doesn't let go. You don't know what you're going to get when you sit down to watch a Legion episode, and they do, they always deliver. It's really fascinating. And the casting is bananas. Yeah, like Pete, yeah. if you had to pick a person in the cast that you, um, I don't know, liked, what do you think? Who would it be? Oh, geez. Oh, I don't know. I mean, you know, so many great casting choices, you know. Hmm. Aubrey Plaza, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's another revelation in the comments Pete, you don't like mayonnaise Yeah, I hate mayo mm. You're crazy What, a, what about a, a nice mayo asparagus? No, no. Mm. See, What about an aioli? What sucks is Liwana's Asparagus with aioli that, uh, There are things that I eat That you know I didn't realize Like some things that had mayo in it and, uh, like you hate mayonnaise, but you love tartar sauce. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, I like, love this tartar. No, sauce. I don't like tartar <laughs> sauce, but like you know, mac and like macaroni and cheese, mac salad type of thing. You know, that's like oh, uh, oh, potato salad. Yeah, it's uh, Brett Macris pointed out like uh, we were doing uh, corn on the cob and the grill, and uh, you know there are you know mayo in there for stuff. So it's. You know, mm-hmm. it, I if it's uh, she's also shouting sandwiches with mayo on them. So let me ask you this: What don't you? What don't you like mayo? On? <laughs> Just like straight out of the jar on a spoon. And we should also mention for those listening to the podcast, Pete is actually eating mayo right no. now, straight yeah, out no, of the jar. Yeah, like with I his will never see me not even use a spoon do or anything. He's you know, he's got like a milk mustache of mayonnaise. <laughs> <laughs> it's disgusting. <laughs> and he says he hates oh my this God. stuff. 
now he's just taking eggs and uh, oil and putting them directly in his mouth and, and making his own mayonnaise. He's just shaking he's, his head. He's shaking his head like he's making uh, Coca-Cola and Pop Rocks uh, <laughs> in his mouth. A uh, couple of other quick things here over on YouTube. Uh, <laughs> Jace the Archer mentions, uh, per the casting discussion for earlier about Batwoman, uh, that Spartacus did that because the previous actor, of course, passed away, unfortunately. Mm. Uh, this is true. So they did have a big change of the lead. They obviously dealt with it a little differently. He was sick for a while. They did a prequel season. Then he passed away. So they ended up recasting the part. Um, but yeah, very sad. A slightly different situation, uh, but I guess precedented in some ways. Yeah. Uh, Lou on YouTube asks, Lou. what are some good fantasy comics to check out? I'm a dungeon master for a D&D game, and I've been looking for some inspiration. I love mm. Thor and Saga. Uh, That's good stuff. Die. I mean, not to... What was that? Die. Comic, yes. we love that. Uh, oh, the comic. Yeah. Okay, not just die. Die. Um, I mean, not to uh, be a uh, just on repeat, but Birthright, um, oh, boy, a comic, uh, great fantasy comic that feels like right in that world um, that you could easily pull some stuff from. Uh, what else? Other good fantasy. You, uh, you held it together when we were interviewing him, by the way. Like, I thought you would just kind of like, drool all over him and just we kind of- we interviewed the creator joshua williamson last week on the show and i will say i felt like i talked a lot yeah <laughs> <laughs> i just wanted him to give us a tour of his like room that he was in holy shit those comics uh that he, he sort of did he kept being yeah, like, like oh yeah oh, you know, yeah. I know it's here oh, yeah. all these comics but i loved it yeah uh, maybe also like Gru might be fun. I mean, if you're yeah, looking for something cool. more comedy fantasy, I love those books back in the day. So that might saga be sort of a sort of a weird yeah. pull. But um, there was a limited series called Weird World that Jason Aaron did. If you like Thor, oh um, yeah, the Marvel did a couple of years ago. I think it was part of a crossover. Uh, check that out. That's cool and fun and very like fantastical elements just being mixed together. A Jason Aaron guy, yeah. man. Whew. So good. Good stuff. Uh, here we go. Uh, this is from Ben, the Border Collie. Pete, did you get into improv because everyone assumed your recounting of lived events was also improv? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that's, that's a spot on comment. Because I got to say, that story you told about college, I was like, this is a made up improv. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got into improv because my acting teacher was like, um, you have so much fun in the warm-up exercises and then don't seem to bring that joy to your role. And I was saying that, like, yeah, it's the same all the time and people are rewarded for just regurging stuff and it, it feels a little not <laughs> not fresh, you know, when you're doing the same thing every night. Um, so, yeah, she really steered me uh, into the improv world, which I was very happy to uh, to get that uh, same acting teacher as Philip Seymour Hoffman. Wow. Oh, okay. nice to drop that right. Okay, at the keep end. bringing out the classically trained flex. Yeah. Uh, I gotta say, with all of our talk um, about our acting training over the years, we should mount a play. <laughs> the three yeah. of us, we should find a, a good three person play and really put it up. Wow! I'll tell you what. Last week we talked about doing a dramatic reading of our first recorded podcast. And I oh, went back and yes. listened to well, it a little bit and it was not great. Yeah. 
So yeah, that's what I thought. I'll, I'll try. I'll yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll keep sifting through and see if I can find one that might be fun for us to read at some point. What do you mean by not great? Like it's like too fun, too funny. No, I think it took uh, us a little bit to kind of get rolling. I think. Uh, well, I mean, this was just more like it wasn't a great show. That's all. It was it, <laughs> we. We started putting up the podcast in 2011, so that was a while into the run of our show. Mm. Um, just the audio quality was not good. I think this is yeah. when we were in the basement to the pit, uh, oh, yeah. and things were not great. Where people there, would so. just be like walking by all the time while we're trying to do a show, yeah, turning oh, on lights, totally. turning off lights. Yes, that waiting for Godot. Crazy. Yeah. We should do Waiting for Godot as uh, Yes, that's a fun comic book show thing. Uh, Question from Edward Darty. Thoughts on Newsarama being incorporated into Games Radar? Uh, I don't know anything about that. (laughs) Um, Maybe it means, I mean... Uh, Newsarama, which is a, a company we worked for a ton, we did all their um, Comic Con interviews at New York Comic Con for many years and San Diego for a couple of years. If they uh, are back in the the black, uh, let's let's do it. Let's let's get back out. <laughs> oh, there. oh, your your takeaway is we're going to go back to Newsarama. Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, well, okay. no, I mean, I, I'm just saying, Newsarama was a was a news source for us forever. Uh, yeah, you know, back in the day, and it's nice that they're going to sort of live on, perhaps. Yeah, I mean, it's nothing new with them being owned by a big company. They were owned by several companies over the time we worked there alone. Yeah, uh, so they just kind of get passed around. I think, like, the I would love to see. Everybody always talks about like. Why don't we have a good comics journalism site? And the problem is nobody, and I can say this with authority, having worked at a comics journalism site, nobody reads comics journalism. Like, as much as you ask for it, it just doesn't happen. But it it just doesn't happen. But, like, I would love to see Newsarama or CBR or something like that get back into finding the right balance for it. Because I feel like the stuff has become so off balance that it's not fun to read all the time. I mean, I still yeah. go to Newsarama for stuff. Um, but I mean, I, yeah, if you're not getting the views, uh, it's gotta be hard to kind of keep it afloat. And it's sad because it's, uh, you know, comic book news is important and it's, you know, something that we rely on. So it kind of sucks. Mm-hmm. It's not there. Yeah. See what happens. There you go. Go to it, Games Radar. Uh, this is a question from Hollywood Homer. Thoughts on the Joe Rogan Spotify 100 million deal and what it means for podcasts and podcasters. I think we could safely say that we're going to get $100 million to go directly <laughs> to Spotify. And that's the answer to the question. Yeah, no, that's definitely great. I've already bought multiple jet wait, skis. Wait, wait. So, <laughs> I don't know. Famous people are getting more money for doing podcasts. Like- Joe Rogan. So Joe Rogan has been very big. Uh, his podcast is huge, yeah. right? Yeah. And it's an experience. The other- it's not just a podcast. Exactly. The other thing, though, that's been very big about it is that clips from his podcast have been living on YouTube. And that's really where they go viral almost more than anywhere else. Yeah. Uh, He's going exclusively to Spotify, and I think not to get like too business focused about it, but it's clearly Spotify making a huge move to cement their place as the go-to place for podcasts, different yeah. than iTunes, different than anywhere else. Uh, we'll see if it works. It's like they've been doing that on a, on a smaller scale for a while, like reaching out to a ton of different podcasts and buying new ones. And mm-hmm. I mean, there are only like three big podcast distributors at this point, and Spotify's trying to be the the queen of them. 
Yeah, I don't think it's going to mean anything for small podcasters or independent oh. podcast networks or anything like that. Sorry, Pete. Uh, and Justin returned those jet skis. Oh. But, you know, I was uh, looking for uh, jet skis online <laughs> as soon as Justin said he I, bought some. I love, but I love these jet skis. Yeah. Uh, I named one of yeah. them Pete and one of them Alex. Oh, that's very sweet. Um, let's see. We got a question here from Pablo D. Martinez. Pablo. What's your favorite villain drawn by a comic book artist you don't like? What? Ooh. Favorite villain drawn by a comic book artist you don't like? Um, has... Well, Rob Liefeld drawing Deadpool. I Yo, think. I was just going to say Rob Liefeld drawing Omega Red. That's a very oh, specific yeah. answer. Um, but, uh, yeah, that is my answer. Uh, people are wondering what the third jet ski's name is. That's uh, super important. Oh, um, it's Alex, Pete, and Silver Sable. Ah, cool. <laughs> I should have seen that coming. Your three loves. My three loves. <laughs> yes. Aw. Uh, Great. Uh, let's see if we have any other questions here. I think we have a, uh, another one or two on YouTube. Uh, here we go. Actually, we got a bunch of them here. Um, I missed. Uh, uh, how dare you? Yeah, it must have been Sorry, when you were guys. frozen. The, yeah, you were like, you are like this. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> So what my face naturally looks like. Uh, Bandito740 says, what's the most valuable comic you own? Ooh. I can say what Ooh. the most valuable comic I own that is actually the least valuable comic is. What? I have a totally, completely almost destroyed copy of Fantastic Four Annual Number 2 um, wow. from the original printing. My dad had this box of comic books when he was a kid, which I still have. I read them a million times when I was a kid, but they're at the point now where they're like oh. crumbling apart in the box. Bag and, and board? So scared. To... He read them. I read them as a kid. So it was already too late. But like I looked at one point, I was like, oh, I wonder how much this would be worth. If it was worth something. And tens of thousands of dollars. It's one of the most expensive really? comics of all time. Wow. Yeah. Uh, but and you ruined nothing. It. Yeah, I ruined it. I really don't know. I would have to go back and really dig through. I have some very old, uh, like, Archie comics uh, from back in the, like, 60s uh, something. Um, But otherwise, I truly have no idea. I don't even know, like, what comics from our time truly buying comics are worth the most? Like, Walking Dead number one. um, Yeah. Edward Doherty says that. I think that that's a very valuable comic. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a old, but otherwise I don't know. Old uh, yeah. Daredevil one that I think is almost worth a hundred dollars. That's like the most expensive one I have. But yeah, I mean everything like post nineties is all. There's too much of it. There are yeah. <laughs> very few things other than Walking Dead one that was just a complete surprise. If you have a fir- pristine, perfect first copy of that, or you have some sort of variant mm-hmm. that uh, there's only one or two copies of, maybe that's going to be worth money, but something that like does not have forced demand, artificial demand on it. It going to be very hard to come by. I remember uh, we talked about this, I think last week on the show, but I forced my brother to buy Spider-Man number one, from Todd McFarlane, because I was like, this, this is going to be a lot of money. This is a good investment to spend all the money, my little brother, that you have on. And mm. he bought it for a ridiculous amount of money. And, of course, it's worth nothing because they made millions of copies oh. of that. Yeah, they made too many copies of those comics. Yes. 
Uh, Nelson Martinez says, when will the next Pete LePage spoken word be? I love the first one. Uh, and Yo, Juicy Archer I, adds, the spoken word was my favorite Pete mode of all time. Hashtag Rivy D. I cannot ri- believe the hype that Pete has got from his poem. That was a casual prank. <laughs> <laughs> and it has become a Pete calling card moment. Hey, I answered the uh, call, This man. is on our... On our Riverdale podcast, uh, we told Pete, well, Justin told Pete that we were all going to write an ode to Riverdale. We were going to write a poem to Riverdale. Pete took it seriously, and it's wonderful. I still swear that it was mentioned earlier, if it was in the comments or something, it said something. And we were like, oh, yeah, we're all going to write poems. And then Justin did that bit, and I was like, oh, right, we talked about that. I love that you I'm sure when I texted that you were like Oh fuck I forgot I have to write this poem And then you were like well I'm gonna drink this Vodka soda and write a stupid poem And then you wrote like an Opus that is going to be uh, Vodka Mountain Dew bro Yeah Vodka Mountain Dew my my bad I blocked that out Uh, Oop uh, here, here's a question from Pablo D. Martinez. So, what movie would you see once movie theaters open again? Ooh, of all movies, or of all time, or a movie that is coming out? A movie that's coming out, I guess. Like, what's the movie that would bring you back to movie theaters at this point? Well, I mean, uh, isn't I think Black Widow is going to be one of the first like comic book movies that's going to be out, right? Hopefully, yeah. So, I would think that would be the one that. I would go see first if that's going to... Don't say the Snyder Cut, Brett Macris. <laughs> no, new I'm going to wait for that to be... New Mutants. New I would mutants. go see New Mutants. I think that's a good yeah, call. maybe. I would die for New Mutants, I think. Oh, yeah. Wonder Woman yeah. 84. Uh, Definitely going to do that. There you go. Uh, this is from Shrushti. How about wow. a podcast called The World's Angriest Pod in the World, where possible topics could include Frankenstein, Barchi, Cyclops, comics? I don't know if you're seeing a pattern emerging. Uh, I think that's this podcast. <laughs> yeah, we already do that podcast. It's called this podcast. Yeah, yeah we already kind of do that. Uh, and then uh, over here on YouTube, Bandito740 said, I heard CBC is moving the podcast to Queeby for a case of craft beer and a cheesesteak. <laughs> Honestly, I don't think they can afford yeah. that at this point. Uh, wow. And Jay Pickett123 says, is there a comic book series we might be surprised to learn you haven't read? I think that's Ooh. a good question to end on. We've done this before, this question before. Yes. Uh, I'll just say Swamp Thing. Yeah. I've never that's read Swamp Thing. That's my answer as well. Woof. Well, Alan Moore Swamp, Alan Moore, Swamp Thing. Yeah. I just never read it. Um, uh, this answer is um, perhaps apropos um, for the near future. Uh, I have not read The Boys from the beginning. Mm. Uh, so that would be a good one that I should read. Yes. I think we could probably mention, because we are doing a Boys podcast... Uh, boys recap podcast preparing for season two that we're going to start rolling out soon. So Justin, way to tie that in that. with the plug. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, there you go. So that should be coming soon. Uh, we're going to set up the feeds and everything. Ooh, we're obviously lots of stuff going on in the world. So it'll, we're going to hold off for a bit before we promote <laughs> a new podcast. Uh, but that's going on. Uh, all right, folks, I think that's it for your audience questions. Uh, now, normally at this point, we would go to trivia. We would give away a $25 gift card. Uh, instead, this week, we're going to do something different. We're going to take that 25 bucks and we're going to put it towards uh, a bail fund uh, since 
that seems to be the more important place for money to be going at this point. Yes. Nobody's disappointed about not being first stand up guy, uh, but we wanted to make sure our money was going to the right place yeah. this week. And then we'll go back to supporting comic book shops next week. Sweet. There you go. Uh, before we wrap up here, let's talk about what we're looking forward to tomorrow. We are back with our stack podcast uh, that is going to be rolling out Wednesday at 9 a.m. As usual, Do you folks have a comic book that you're looking forward to. I'll plug one to give you a minute. I'm looking forward to Nailbiter Returns number one oh, from Image yes. Comics. Uh, again, we talked to Joshua Williamson about it last week, but it does not disappoint. Just a really good, really fun, yes. very dark uh, surprise serial killer book me, with a uh, great twist at the I'm end that really I think really justifies Star Trek year bringing five, the book back IDW for another run, number 11. Uh, given that it was so satisfying uh, during the first run. Not so the biggest I'm excited Star for everybody Trek to check it out. Guy. Uh, That's a good call, this Alex. Comic, uh, Pete, do you have one? Uh, that is going to be coming out is fucking fantastic. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Interesting. A little previous stack there. Justin, what about you? What are you looking forward to? I'm looking forward to Far Sector number six, a comic we already talked about. So that um, that guy's uh, crazy. That book is very good. And really, some some of the more innovative storytelling going on at DC or in any comic book um, right now. But also, since we already talked about that one, throw out Birds of Prey number one, also from DC, Mm -hmm. um, written by Brian Azzarello. uh, Like, I love the bird. That guy's fun. Uh, We've hung out with him. Um, uh, Looking forward to uh, seeing that take on the Birds of Prey. He always comes with a very well-thought-out new take on things. Yeah. All right. There we go, folks. Thank you so much for hanging out with us here on the show. We really appreciate it, particularly with everything going on. I hope you all are staying safe out there. Uh, A couple of things to plug on our and patreon.com slash comic book club. If you want to support this show and other shows we do. Also, we do another other podcast. As we mentioned, Star Guys, our Stargirl podcast is currently running with two episodes a week. One on Monday as a recap episode. Tuesday nights as a bonus episode for the CW airing. So please do check that out. Uh, Also, you can subscribe and listen on iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice. ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast and more at ComicBookLive to follow us socially. Uh, And that's it. We'll see you next week. Uh, We'll have some great guests next week. I forgot to mark down who they are, but I know they're amazing. So uh, hopefully we'll see how normal things are next week, Uh, but we should be rolling as normal next week. And again, Thank you for hanging out. You all are awesome. You're awesome. Stay safe out there. Uh, Be smart. Get out there. We'll see you soon.
Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.